We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're also the official podcast of BoomTownHoops.com. Back with another episode. I am your host, Jacob Niffin. I've got Taylor Peterson along with me tonight. I am back and with a new mic, baby. <laughs> we are upgrading here at the Uncontested. We are upgrading. Business is booming here at the Uncontested. Also, Only took us 30 minutes to get the, the mic set up. Yeah, that's right, but everything is fine. Um, you know, I can make tweaks as we go um, here over the next couple of podcasts. And if anybody is interested in a still good quality mic, I just upgraded to a more expensive one because, like I said, business is booming at the Uncontested. Uh, be sure to let me know because I am definitely looking to sell my old one. Business is booming. Now we're going to peddle our wares live on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> business is not booming quite as much as I, yeah. I love it. I <laughs> no, love it. It's a, it's just, it's a fun, exciting time. We're having a ton of fun with this. Um, very fortunate to be doing doing it with you guys for, what is it now, the third, fourth we're, season? Uh, so we did... Third? What we did, um, so this the is our playoffs. third, yes, I was gonna say it's gonna be our fourth, our like, third, third full season, right? right? Third full because season because we did the playoffs of the big three, Russ, PG, Mello. Then we did the full season of the Russ PG show, and then we did this last season, 
So we're going into season number three. We did playoffs and then now season number three. Yeah. Crazy. And it's been a heck of a ride. I've had a blast with you guys. Oh, dude, it's been. just to see this thing grow like it has, uh, we just can't thank you guys enough, really. It's It's been a blast. That's all thanks to those of you who listen to us spew our bullshit regularly. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> it's been a hell of a ride, and we don't plan on going anywhere, man. We're here for Absolutely. the long road. For the long road, we're uh, we're ready for the rebuild. We're here and gonna go through it every step of the way with you guys. That way, three years from now, when we watch Shea and Cade Cunningham uh, hoist that Larry O'Brien Trophy, we'll be right here with y'all. Oh yeah, trust trust the process. Uh, we gotta. I mean, there's there's been some hashtags thrown out there for this whole Thunder rebuild. Fade for Cade. Uh, fade for Cade that we've been promoting. But we need a more long term one. Like, kind of like trust the process. That was just classic, and we just don't quite have that yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll come up with it. Everything's fine. We'll put it on a t-shirt. Maybe that'll. Speaking get of too. t-shirts, uh, make sure you hit up our Twitter <laughs> and our Instagram. Boom. Go get that link to go buy your Pokemon shirt. Uh, Pokushevsky approved. That's right. My man saw it on Instagram and said, that's cool. If Poku likes it, you got to love it. Got to draft <laughs> them all. Go hit up our Twitter, our Instagram. Get that shirt link. Go order your Pokemon shirt or hoodie before, uh, before Christmas gets here. Be the life of your family's socially distanced and safe Christmas. Taylor? We got some stuff to talk about, man. We are we like a week and a half, less than a week and a half away from preseason basketball. It's almost here. Camp has begun. Um, first round of COVID tests came back from the NBA today. Uh, a, a healthy amount of people. That's a funny word to use for this. A healthy amount <laughs> Not tested healthy, positive. But a, a decent amount, a, a decent handful. But it yes. honestly wasn't quite as bad, I think, as it could have been, yeah, which like is 8%. oddly oddly enough a Maybe not a great thing to be saying. I mean, 8% is always going to be too much, but um, 8% is honestly kind of less than I thought. I mean, when you have players like Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> going out and, uh, you know, partying with females and pouring liquor into their mouths during Halloween and uh, no mask or social distancing involved. Uh, according to uh, national analysts, I think it was Zach Lowe, if I remember correctly, I, I could be wrong on that, but I think he was mentioning Jacob in a recent podcast uh, here about two, three weeks ago that, you know, there's quite a few players who have been doing things of that nature. And so this was kind of expected. Um, that wasn't quite as high as I kind of thought it might be. I thought we might be closer to the 10%. So overall, I think it's fair. Uh, I think the the hope now is just that once these players get back into, uh, they're able to quarantine, come back into the uh, this campus-like environment that the, each team will be putting on for training camp, and everybody's healthy and ready to go heading into the season. Now the goal is going to be to keep everybody healthy heading into actual games and, and not uh, transferring um, you know positive cases during these games and, and during the travel. Definitely. That 100% is, uh, is the goal, and hopefully the NBA will be able to prove it, off, prove it and, and pull it off. They've been pretty good uh, so far with everything they've done. So, Taylor, let's jump into Thunder Camp. We got Sam Presti speaking to the media on Monday, uh, Mark Dagnall and Darius Baisley on Tuesday, Today uh, is, is we're recording on Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. And today we had Mike Muscala and Hamadou Diallo. Uh, My anything, beloved homie. Uh, anything you take away, I think primarily from Presti and Dagnall as the kind of like the two leaders of 
the franchise as far as like the basketball side is concerned. Anything you take away from their media availability? Well, I mean, you're skipping over the biggest two things that happened uh, in the OKC uh, organization over the past two days, Jacob. The Thunder waved Josh Gray, and they signed uh, Chasson, Chasen Randall. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, all-star. Franchise Chasson. altering. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the man is 27 years old. He's older than I am by about a year. And uh, he's only six foot two, and he's played for the G League and multiple other organizations. It seems yeah. like this is very much a training camp sign. Yeah, this um, is a camp invite. <laughs> definitely a camp invite. Now, I was just giving you a hard time, and I know there's honestly probably people who are wondering who Randall actually is, as I do a little research. But you don't need to worry about it, guys. He'll be gone in a couple of weeks before the season starts. Exactly. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me is something you brought up in the Slack, Jacob, is that, uh, I mean, okay, Dagnalt to make Nick happy. Although, Presti announced at Dagnalt, Coach Mark almost seemed to mirror Presti in so many different answers. He's oh just my so gosh. Ar- so articulate in, in his, his thinking and in his, his speaking. Every answer is so well thought out. Um, his vocabulary. His vocabulary he, is so similar. He like, is a like Presti said, disciple. Presti, yes, I was going to say, just like you said in our Slack, Jacob, he is a Presti disciple. And the common themes that stood out there um, between the two of them, and there's different things that we can kind of dive into, but one being not skipping steps. I was about to um, say the same thing. Not, not pressing fast forward. You know, uh, even with this crazy season, they they both made a point to talk about not skipping steps. Then they they also both brought up similar players. Um, although and and Dagnall or Dagnalt, um, and since some of that was kind of a asked to him in question form because of Pressy's uh, media avail- availability the day before. But um, for Presley specifically, and something I think you probably want to dive into because you and I talked about this yesterday, he, he almost unprompted, he brought up Shea and the big role he's going to be playing for this franchise, not only this season, kind of easing him into it this season, but this franchise as a whole, the, the, the bigger picture moving forward, the whole entire reason why they're tanking is for a guy like Shea to get a bigger role and to be able to bring in um, superstars around him by hopefully acquiring better draft picks. So what did you think about Presti and also Dagnalt's uh, comments on Shea? Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think Presti you know, brought him up unprompted. Uh, Dagnalt brought him up unprompted. Uh, they spoke about putting the ball in Shea's hands, uh, giving him every possible opportunity. They talked about staying humble and grounded. And when you have good games, you get back to work. And when you have bad games, you use that experience to learn from. They talked so much about gathering information and feedback. N- not, I don't want to get too deep into like niche uh, basketball talk here. And But as our listeners know, I teach for a living. And a lot of the things that they were talking about as far as coaching applies to teaching so much. The idea that you have Just to leadership get in general. Leadership, right? We talked about leadership like, the past couple of podcasts with Chris yeah, Paul. Yeah, and then the 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 faster you can give feedback, the better you can be because you want that feedback in the moment to know I need to be better at this thing. I need to work on this thing. I need to do this differently. That's the same thing in coaching as it is in teaching, right? The quicker feedback, the better it is. They talked a lot about that. But yeah, I thought the unpromptedness of mentioning Shay was significant. Uh, the way Presty talked made it sound to me not that we want to give Shay an opportunity to see what he can be. It was. We know we, what he can be. Yeah, and he's going to be part of 
what we want this franchise to be moving forward. It sounded right. very much like a long-term investment in a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. There's Absolutely. been some people that have talked about like, oh, do you trade Shea before his contract is up to maximize his value and get more picks or whatever? I don't think they have any interest in that. I think Shea is one of the core pieces they are using moving forward. He also talked a lot, um, Presti did, about the evolving culture of the team and how culture is not the same year in and year out. It's constantly changing. I like that. I like that, especially from Presti, who very much is known to have a, a, not a set culture. I shouldn't say that because that's not correct internally, but just uh, from an external standpoint, even amongst fans, you know, that OKC is known for, for their family-like culture. Um, For example, Dennis Streeter came out after his trade saying that Presti is one of the best GMs in the entire league. And something that stood out to Streeter particularly is that last season at the trade deadline, Presti actually talked to him about potential trades that he was involved in and asked his opinion on them, heard him, and uh, and worked with him to find the right situation for him. Ended up not trading him at the deadline because Streeter wasn't really interested in it. Yeah. you know, he's he's kind of presty, and and the Thunder organization is kind of known for this culture. So I agree, Jacob. Continue. I uh, I found that interesting as well. The evolving culture and adapting to current times. Definitely. But he mentioned Shea, Lou, and Baisley as guys who have been in this program and ha- who can take the lessons they've learned from guys like Stephen uh, and like Chris and and foster that leadership and that culture moving forward. It really seems to me like they are putting a large amount of responsibility on these guys, not only for how they will perform on the court, but how they will perform in the locker room, how they perform uh, in the public, how they adapt not only as guys that can pass dribble shoot, but guys that can lead. And not building basketball players, but building holistic human beings. And I think that's significant, and it makes me really excited for those young guys that are returning. And, you know, that's kind of funny, Jacob, because in a way, you know, uh, it is kind of the same culture that OKC has always had, building those kind of high-integrity players both on and off the court. Um, that's something that's always going to be constant. They're going to to hold on to those key values as an organization that they always have cherished, even back since 2008. But what I love about Presti, he's still able to do that while evolving it as a whole to adjust to modern times. And uh, it's almost like like you said, they, they brought in Chris Paul. It was such a huge and he had such a huge impact on these players and it was almost like he was able to it was almost like a crash course on leadership for these younger guys and uh Presti realizes this and and he was like man we got more about more out of that last season <laughs> than we really even expected to for these younger guys in terms of experience maybe even more so off the court um so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how how Baisley um Shea and Dort transition into that role um, and, and I'm, I'm really curious to kind of see how they take that leadership role on. Now, one thing I found interesting is, you know, them talking about Shea and it, I think it was Hamadou and somebody else, uh, maybe even Baisley talked about how, or I think, sorry, it might've been Muscala today talking about how Shea is ready for that next step. Um, coach Mark even talked about him being ready, um, not even ready, but wanting it. And that's kind of funny because it's something that stood out to me that I heard Royce Young say uh, here almost probably a month or maybe two months ago that just was kind of like a little subtle comment, but stood out to me just because I was able to pick up on that. 
was that apparently it sounds like Shea maybe wanted the ball in his hands a little more last season, which makes sense. I'm not saying he was in the locker room, you know, throwing a fit, but I just, I found that comment interesting. I think Shea is very much ready for this. I think he's okay with this. And um, those that think that maybe he's going to be scared away from the rebuild, I don't think that's the case at all. I think Shea is ready to have his own team for the next coming seasons and is, is ready to uh, to bring on some fellow young superstars, uh, whether that comes out of the draft or wherever that may come from. I think it's going to come from the draft, but to get those other young talents around him and to be able to play a key role in that moving forward to hopefully win a championship when he's in his prime. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, a couple other notes I wanted to hit on real quick. Uh, both Presty and Coach talked uh, about two guys that I, that I wanted to touch on. Number one, Hamadou Diallo spoke very highly of Hamadou, spoke very highly of his work ethic, the the time he puts in, how he's constantly able to carve out a role for himself on the team, but then uh, get setbacks with injuries. But coach said the most impressive thing about Hami is his resiliency. He, he falls down, but he gets back up and he fights. I think Hami is going to play a big role on this team this year. I, I agree. And I know that gets you excited, Taylor. Oh, you, you I, so I obviously I led the uh, Hamadou Diallo uh, hype train there for a while here two seasons ago. And this last season, you know, I kind of transitioned to the Lou Dort train a little bit. kind of kind of spread my wings a little bit. But, but with all that to say, um, I found that interesting as well. And it definitely makes me wonder, you know, obviously it, it's going to be weird when you have veterans like George Hill and Trevor Ariza who on paper probably should start. But at some point, it almost makes me wonder if Hami starts at the three. And like I kept thinking about that, and I was like, no, you know, you could play somebody else who would fit better with that with that starting five if you're considering, you know, Baisley, Shea, um, Dort, and uh, Horford to be the other four. Hami doesn't make much sense there because he provides zero spacing. You know, he, honestly, he he might fit better at like a a four type position rather than playing the playing the small forward position. But I I don't know the way that they talked about him it makes me almost wonder if he could start. I agree. I think there's maybe a chance, and I find that and really just fascinating. What they have, which is kind of what this entire season is about, right? Is like seeing what you have, seeing what these guys can do. And this is really going to be speaking of Hami, I think this is going to be a big season for him, right? But I'm just kind of seeing what what he's capable of and uh, and really putting him to the test and seeing if he can actually develop as a player and hopefully stay healthy. Yep, and I think they they hope that he makes a a big jump this year. Um, The other guy that they talked about, Presti specifically, I kind of wanted to touch on this, uh, talked a lot about Poku, uh, specifically that he has a great skill set, has great size uh, and length, but it's all going to come down to really how Poku responds uh, and the work he puts in. And it sounded to me almost like Presti was calling Poku out like, not calling him out, but calling him up. One of my favorite things I've ever heard um, uh, Monty Williams say, I'm not calling you out, I'm calling you up. I use that all the time. I love that. Yeah. That's a, speaking of leadership. Yeah. So calling up Pokushevsky, telling him essentially like, this is going to come down to can you buy in uh, and are you willing to put in the, the sweat and the time uh, to perfect your craft? It sounds like they have high expectations for Poku, but they know it's gonna. It kind of rests on him and him buying in and him working and him grinding. But it sounds like they're pretty excited about him. No, absolutely. I think that's a good point. It's almost like Presley was trying to temper expectations a little bit. Uh, I think he has that excitement, but at the same time, he's trying to. Uh, 
I don't want to say brace himself necessarily, but he certainly sees the the opportunity um, for for him not to excel as a player. Uh, like he even mentioned, maybe not even becoming an NBA player. That, that's still yet to be seen. Yeah. I found it interesting, though, Jacob, when Presti brought up Poku, he mentioned Kevin Durant. Um, yeah. and, and we talked about the that. size they and the skill are, kind yes, of match. Absolutely. And I think there's a reason he brought that up for that very reason. Now, he mentioned when he met Kevin Durant, and he also mentioned, you know, Presley at this point was a very young GM, um, how he was shocked almost by by KD's work ethic and his his desire to improve and continue to get better. Better. It was almost like a 50-year-old person in a 19-year-old bar- body. And I think that's why I agree. It was almost like he was trying to encourage Poku. Um, but in a way, you know, Nick almost took a negative vibe from that, and he was there listening to the um, listening to the media availability, I could totally see that as well. It was interesting to see uh, instead of Presley showing any sort of excitement, it was almost just him trying to like temper expectations. So I think it just goes to a point that, and, and Dagnall mentioned this as well, right? Like he doesn't really have a lot of. I don't think he's seen much more than we have off little clips on YouTube. You know, like there's just so much unknown about this guy, and they're just hoping that that unknown potential it, it can turn to the next, you know, the next big thing. Definitely. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, it's going to be exciting to see once these guys can actually get on the court and do like team workouts and stuff. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to that. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, with all that being said, we've been talking about the future of the team. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about something that applies to Thunder Past. It's kind of like a kind of like a Christmas carol. It applies to Thunder Past, <laughs> a little bit to Thunder Present, and a lot to the Thunder Future. Good point. We had, Good reference here oh, on man, December dude. 2nd. Yeah. We had a massive trade come across uh, about two hours ago. Um, Russell Westbrook headed to the Washington Wizards in return uh, the Houston Rockets getting John Wall and a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick. I can't believe it. I can't believe it actually came together. Yeah, it seems like the writing was on the wall, but it's still surprising that it actually happened. Right, right. And I, it's something I found interesting was in the – uh, the I guess the breakdown that Woj put out after the trade, talking about how discussions had stalled um, since mid-November, um, but uh, I guess both GMs got a Tommy Shepard and a Raphael Stone both got on the phone today, and it happened in a matter of two hours. They were able to come to an agreement, and it sounds like there was another quote as well. Um, I'm trying to find it, but basically Russ and Wall were both kind of pushing for this, so I was thinking Russ would kind of be against it, um, I could see where he maybe even maybe where he would just one out regardless. You know, he, he wasn't happy there. He hated the culture. And I could totally see that and understand where, where Russ is coming from. And he's like, okay, if Washington is it, then so be it. But apparently he and Walt both were pushing for this. Yeah. So, and apparently Russ never even showed up to camp down in Houston. Oh, see, he's I missed da- that too. He's not down there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, I, I love the idea. And, and I guess we can dive into the specifics. Um, I love the idea of Russ with Bradley Bill. I think I think Washington. I understand that John Wall uh, was so much more than just a basketball player in DC, and was right, right. you know invested so much in that community, and it's a very big deal. I think just on the basketball court, I think it makes the Wizards better. No, I I agree completely. Um, you almost have a just just based off health alone. You know, it's kind of similar players in John Wall, um, but I think. A player like Russ and Bill will really complement each other. It's almost like PG and Russ in a way, um, but 
Bill is it, he's able to handle the ball a little more. Uh, I just I really love that, and obviously his shooting is is incredible. I, I love that fit, and I, I get why the Wizards want to do that. Right, this is kind of their way to um, to please Bill. Hopefully, convince him to stay and develop some of this younger talent around them that they recently have drafted, and uh, hopefully be able to, you know, when when Russ and Bill are kind of, you know, Russ is already getting there, but when Russ and Bill are kind of getting towards the end of their primes in their careers, um, some of these other young players can step up and hopefully give them a pretty solid team. Now, with that being said, I. I don't think this gets them all that much more closer to a championship. I don't yeah, think this no, is going I agree, to give hey, a third star to come and join them. Russ, Brad Beal, and Denny Avdia. <laughs> that's that's Jacob's big three. That that's that's a that's gonna be a fun team to watch, man. It really will be. Uh, that's it's like another league pass team now. Yeah, I think they will be a fun team. Uh, flip side of the coin though, down that's in what Houston. I was ask. Yeah. Down in Houston, uh, they get Brad Beal. So the the reason this is important to the Thunder is because the Thunder own. Houston's 2021 draft pick, top four protected. So as long as it's not pick one, two, three, or four, the Thunder get it. Now, on paper, Houston should make the playoffs. But we know Harden wants out and wants to go to Brooklyn. Doesn't look like that's going to happen right now. Right. But um, what, Tim, what, is, what does that make his engagement level, though? True. And I, one key thing that Woj mentions in his, that same article, and, and not verbatim, but mentions how the, both franchises uh, kind of hope that swapping the two unhappy guards would help their other stars remain happy, being Bradley Bill in Washington with Russell Westbrook joining, uh, a healthy athletic point guard, uh, all-star who can contribute and, and help him. And on the flip side, uh, James Harden getting John Wall, hopefully, who apparently, according to Kevin Durant, so you can't really take that, you know, <laughs> for for truth. But apparently he's looking good as well in his offseason workouts. So they're hoping a change of scenery will help their other two stars who want to stay in place. Now, like you said, Jacob, that doesn't really matter if the star's putting up a fit the entire season. Yeah. So what's Harden's investment level? And then I think for Houston, Houston could be good, but it comes down to a lot of questions. Can John Wall be good after not playing for two seasons? Right. Can Boogie come back uh, and be a good player after, you know, being out for so long and injury and already his his limitations and his uh uh what's the word I want to use here? Short fuse on the court? Yeah. Um, his, his is temper. Christian Wood for real? Or was you know that that sample in Detroit because somebody had to score the points and somebody had to get the rebounds, right? right. Uh, is their depth good enough to uh, to to handle um, the the bloodbath of the West? I think Houston could be good, but I think Houston is the team that could be good in the West that has the most questions. That if they aren't all positive answers, Houston could be bad. Absolutely. Like there is a they chance can, Houston yep. is in that that play in tournament to make the playoffs. No, absolutely. Like you said, especially if Boogie Cousins and John Wall either A aren't ready to go or, or have setbacks throughout the season, or B just aren't the same players that they are. Now, uh, I think John Wall, while he may be not quite the caliber of player he was prior to his injuries, I imagine he'll come back and, and look pretty solid and probably be able to play a good amount of games. Boogie Cousins worries me a little bit. And like you said, how's Christian Wood, like, how do all these guys even fit? I mean, this is basically a brand new season for them. They have no chemistry amongst one another. Um, all this is the perfect disaster 
for OKC fans to be super excited about. Like you mentioned, Jacob, with those future picks, uh, they may just be just good enough to not give up those picks, but bad enough that those picks are going to be fairly decent. Yeah, um, I mean, so, th- so we'll I see. think there is a legit chance that the Houston pick comes to Oklahoma City as like pick ten through fifteen, and another. I was going to say yeah, ten through mid mid late lottery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that I'm, I'm this this is maybe a little bit of a stretch here, but if Houston's not as good, that's one more spot that opens up for the Golden State Warriors to climb a little bit, and the Thunder want Golden State to end in spots 21 through 30, so they can get the Golden State pick next year as well. Hey, uh, Golden State called about James Harden, so I saw that. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> Definitely interesting. Uh, Two birds, one stone. Yeah, we know this 2021 class is stacked. I don't want to get into it right now, Taylor. All I got to say, on court and just the the natural leadership he shows, I'm going to be – I'm not going to be shocked if they don't get him, but I would be shocked if Presti doesn't really flirt with the price that it takes to get number one to get Cade. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um He's... You can't tell me he doesn't have the assets to get him. I mean, oh, he it, it's, absolutely are you does. willing to pay for it? Whoever well, has number one could say, give us seven round picks, seven first round picks. The Thunder Jacob, could do it. Are you bad enough next season? Sorry, uh, us being OKC Thunder, is the Thunder bad enough next season where you know you get a potentially top 10 pick, just <laughs> your pick alone, right? Oh, because no, I, I think the Thunder and will get a top five pick up, this year. And then you trade up either to get a top five pick or <laughs> shoot to get two top 10 picks or two picks in a lottery at the very least, right? Yeah. And I think that's a huge opportunity here. I, I know the next couple drafts are pretty deep, uh, but I think this one specifically is I think this is one impressive. you trade up to try to get multiple lottery picks. And if exactly. you can get, you want to get number one because you want Cade. Yeah, no, a absolutely. Cade and Shea backcourt is insane. Even I just, mean, it goes well together. Just like Cade and Shea. I, I was watching the Cade the other day be the primary ball handler on offense. And, and then, then go play down low on the Protecting three, the rim and playing down low on defense. Or and the I was two, like, three, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. He's just super versatile. One thing about Cade that I noticed when I was watching him um, throughout the Thanksgiving holiday season, I watched him, I guess, two, two and a half, uh, three games. He sometimes is almost too passive because he tries to get others involved. But, man, when he is engaged and ready to go, he's just nobody can stop him. And that's what's so incredible about him is he has a killer instinct when he wants it, but he, he also is willing. He, he just he has, he's a, has very a mature gift player. to be able to – Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Very mature in that he wants to get others involved. And so Cade's a, a great prospect that we'll definitely be talking a lot about. But there's other players as well. I'm really excited, Jake, yeah. to start watching this G League team, uh, this G League select team. With yeah. guys like was it J- uh, Jalen Green and mm-hmm. um, so many others. I- I'm really excited to watch some of these prospects. We've seen the kid from USC, the super gigantic kid. I can't remember his name, Mobley. Um, I watched BJ Boston uh, on yeah. uh, Kentucky last night play against Kansas. There's just there's a lot of fun prospects, and I, I-, I can't wait to kind of follow along with that throughout the NBA season. It's going to give us something else to talk about. Definitely. Uh, a very, very quick and very early bet for you. Okay. Thunder end up with one and a half lottery picks in 2021. Over or under? I'm, I'm going to say over just because we've, we we saw what Presley was willing to do for a guy like Pokushevsky in this past draft, right? So I think uh, he's probably going to get a lottery draft uh, with 
OKC's own pick this coming season. And then from there, I think he's going to look to upgrade uh, or either to move up or to get an additional pick. And only Presti, <laughs> maybe a combination of both. So I'm both? going over. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Insert, insert meme. Why not both? Why not both? Yeah. I'm into it. All right. Well, Taylor, we're going to give our Eastern Conference preview uh, as we're approaching the NBA season rather quickly. Uh, before we do that, though, we want to tell our listeners real quick about our sponsors for the week. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Thank God 2020 is almost over. That vaccine is on the way. But businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. That's where Indeed comes in. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business up and going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You'll only pay for what you need, you can pause at any time, and there's no long-term contract, so they're super flexible with you. Now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match what your job criteria is, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job. It makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you need to. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. The options are limitless. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide are using Indeed for hiring. Right now, if you go to indeed.com slash bluewire, you will get a free $75 credit to boost your job post. That means more quality candidates will see it, and they'll see it quickly. Try Indeed out with your free $75 credit at indeed.com slash bluewire. This is their best offer available anywhere, but you got to be quick because the offer is only valid through the end of 2020. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And it's not just football. I was actually checking Bet Online when it came to the Tyson fight, and also Jake and I, as you guys will see, are about to dive into some over/unders for NBA teams using Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and champion championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Taylor. In the past, we have had a massive podcast series where we have gotten guests to preview every team in the league. Unfortunately, just the quickness of how fast this next season is coming up right after that crazy week of transactions. Uh, <laughs> and we, we just, just had all those guests on like four months ago. <laughs> yeah, with the bubble. We, just, we didn't have the resources to get that done. So instead, you and I, over the next two weeks, are going to preview every team in the league um, rapid style. Should be a lot of fun. So this week we are doing the Eastern Conference. We're going to go alphabetically through the East. We're going to look at how they finished the season last year. 
what additions and subtractions they made during the offseason. We're going to look at their over-under for this year. And then we are going to discuss what we think of that team and where we think they will end in the Eastern Conference standings between 1 and 15. I love it. We'll I keep love a, it. Yep, we'll keep a running tally here, and we'll go over all of them at the end. We're going to give we're ourselves— close, man. Like, these people are—these players are in training camp. That, that is just, like, wild to think about. Yeah. It's just, it's, like, just don't hitting me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's insane. Uh, we are going to give ourselves a limit of two and a half minutes— for each team, that way we don't have like a five-hour-long podcast. We'll, guys, Jacob, we'll have you guys you know out how here much quickly. I like to talk. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I have my phone here. I'm going to set our timer at two minutes and 30 seconds for us to talk about each team uh, very quickly. Again, we are going alphabetically, and we are starting with the Atlanta Hawks, who are now on the clock. Atlanta last season uh, ended 14th in the East at 20 and 47. That's a 30% win rate. Uh, Taylor, what's their over-under for this year? So according to our friends over at betonline.ag that we mentioned earlier, uh, their over-under is 35 and a half wins. That's a pretty big jump. you got to remember it's That's out of 72 huge games. huge jump. Huge it's jump. A little under a 50% win rate, but you got, again, it's, it's right there. It is right there uh, out of a 72-game season. Uh, key additions, Chris Dunn, Solomon Hill, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, they drafted Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, they signed Rajon Rondo. They lost guys like Jeff Teague, uh, DeAndre Bembry. Obviously, Vince Carter retired. Um, so uh, a, a lot of upgrades in the offseason as far as free agency and then drafting a guy that I really liked in the draft, Onyeka Kongwu. Absolutely. So, Taylor, what are your thoughts for Atlanta this year? I think my biggest thoughts, just kind of in a nutshell really quick here before I, I, I throw it back over to you, is just that um, they have a lot of opportunity here. They have a lot of uh, – they almost have – they have a really good problem to have with almost too many NBA players, right? Uh, a lot of teams will be interested in some of these players who aren't quite getting the playing time uh, that some of these players feel like they will deserve. What does Atlanta do with that opportunity? Are they able to flip that into more opportunity, uh, whether that be picks or, or other players that are able to fit better with the team? Or do they just try and hold on to all this talent and maybe they rush this rebuild a little too soon? And that's what I worry about. They can go one of two ways here. Uh, let's hope they go the other way and they, they didn't rush this rebuild a little, a little too soon. Yeah, so they definitely won the offseason as far as signings and free agency, but it was a bad free agent class. Um, so, I mean, I guess congratulations, you won the offseason. Uh, I'm with you in the fact that I think there it definitely seems like there was pressure from up top to win now. It's time to go win. And like uh, super up top. We're talking ownership yeah, above GM level. They, they bailed on the uh, the rebuild. They're trying to win now. I just I think there's a chance they make the playoffs. But, I mean, what's your ceiling with this team going older like they have? Uh, I'm not a huge fan, but they did get better. It's just they got better at what cost. Uh, Taylor, we're at our two and a half minutes. Tell me, where do you have Atlanta in the Eastern Conference standings? I actually have them at seven. Okay, you have them at seven. Ooh, I just had a big old burp. Sorry about that. Oh, another one's coming. You ready? (laughs) Woo! Um, I have them. Sorry, that's (laughs) Sorry for you podcast listeners. I have the Hawks at ten. 
So you have him at seven. I have him at ten. Interesting. I'm missing the playoffs again. What a disappointment that would be, Jacob. Yeah. Well, uh, that would actually put them in the play-in tournament for the playoffs. So Fair. there's a chance. There's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. All right, our next team, the Boston Celtics. Timer is on. The Boston Celtics ended the season 48-24, and the third seed in the East. They had a .667, one percentage won two out of every three games. Taylor, what are they looking like next year? So BetOnline has them at 44.5 wins. I think that's probably pretty fair, maybe a little low in my opinion. Um, but yeah, 44.5. 44 and a half is is a pretty decent number. Um, key additions and subtractions. They added Tristan Thompson. They added Jeff Teague. Uh, they drafted Aaron Naismith. They signed Jason Tatum to his massive extension. Uh, they do lose um, Gordon Hayward, but they get a massive sign and trade uh, with him. They, they acquired a huge traded player exception, uh, traded out two second rounders, brought another second rounder back in. Um, so really, they lost Gordon, uh, but they added Naismith, Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson. It does look like Kemba Walker has a knee injury and will be out for quite a while at the beginning that of the season. Uh, Taylor, thoughts on Boston? So uh, on paper, if everybody stays healthy and the additions that they have, I think they'll be uh, probably assuming also that their young players and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, as well as others, um, take a a bigger step uh continuing to improve in their development i think they're going to be a really really good team the thing that worries me the most is something that you mentioned you have uh kimball walker's knee injury uh, i think that could be why they they brought in wow i'm going blank jeff teak um yep. that worries me a lot there uh, and i just and then losing gordon hayward is the other thing i know he wasn't necessarily like a even a third star, it was kind of off and on for him. But this, the consistency that he brings on both ends of the floor, I think they really could miss that. Um, he, he did so much for that team that I think kind of went unnoticed. And I'm just not entirely sure that they're going to be able to live up to that level unless Jason Tatum truly makes it to superstar status. Yeah, I think you really saw the effects of Gordon Hayward whenever he came back in that Miami series in the bubble. With that being said, uh, I love the addition of Tristan Thompson. Uh, I think that's going to help their. their I do too. That was their big def- defense greatly. Uh, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown continue to grow. Uh, I have high expectations for this team. I think they're going to be real good. Uh, we're at the end of our timer. Taylor, where do you have Boston in the Eastern Conference standings? Oh, man, I am really going to regret this, Jacob. I had them at five. Oh wow! Okay, yep. I have yep. Boston at three. I had them at three, and I switched them out with the team that we will get to soon. Okay, interesting. Uh, Next team up is the Brooklyn Nets. Our timer is on. The Brooklyn Nets last season, 35 and 37, end up as the seventh seed in the West. Or sorry, in the East, not the West. Um, Taylor, what are they looking like this year? So this is interesting. Um, I am on Bet Online, and I'm not seeing the Brooklyn Nets here. And I went over to uh, Odd Shark, and they have Brooklyn Nets as N.A., Oh, very, very strange. Uh, last season, waiting wins for that hard trade. I know, I know. So uh, something going on there. I don't know what's going on, but Houston Rockets also are in a. Yeah. Um, boy. So they <laughs> they re-signed Joe Harris. They brought in Jeff Green. Um, no really big uh, roster changes here. Uh, obviously, that's always subject to change. But kind of bringing back the same team. The big thing is they're bringing. KD and Kyrie back, who have not played very much. KD, not at all. Kyrie, very limited last year. 
Taylor, how do you feel about the Brooklyn Nets? So I'm just going to start this one off the bat. So I have them uh, here at four. Four because I think at least one of those players between the two of Kyrie and KD uh, will be healthy enough. And then I think both of them will be healthy enough that they'll play enough together um, that they'll at least be a super solid team when they're playing their best. I think they'll just dominate teams. Uh, but I think there's going to be some growth and some synergy issues that they're, they're going to have to work out. And uh, I do worry about the health, like you mentioned earlier. With that being said, when you have that kind of talent, so long as there's not another season-ending career for either of those players in Kyrie or KD, uh, and this is all assuming, again, they don't trade for James Harden, I think, honestly, could still be on the table at least up until the trade deadline. I have them sitting here at fourth in the East. Okay, very good. Yeah, I think this team has a ton of talent, obviously. Kyrie, KD, Jarrett Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Joe Harris, um, they have. Uh, oh, why am I going blank? Um, I just did the same thing. Karis I was Levert. like, "Oh, you're forgetting Karis Levert." Yeah, Karis Levert. <laughs> um, they have a lot of talent. They have uh, a decent amount of depth. I think they have the Jeff right... Green. They just signed this offseason, yeah. like you mentioned earlier. I think that's I th- a solid I think they, pickup for yeah, them. Yeah, they have the right balance of players for this team. Um, so I, I, I think they're interesting. They, uh, they picked up Landry Shamit, didn't they? They got Landry Shamit. Yes, in, yes. in the trade. That Luke fits Kennard really well for them. The Clippers. Yep. So um, I think they're going to be good. You said you have the Brooklyn Nets at fourth. I do. I have the Brooklyn Nets at second in the East this Ooh, coming season. Oh, yeah, high. Okay. Yep. I want high with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, next one. This one's going to be a blast. The Charlotte Hornets. Oh Woo-hoo. boy. Charlotte. Ugh. Timer's on. Charlotte Just last threw up season. Up in my mouth. <laughs> 10th in the East at 23 and 42. Where are they projected next year? They are projected at, uh, Bet Online has them at 28 and a half wins. Yeah. Over not, under. Not a whole lot. Um, key losses, they get rid of Nick Batum. Uh, they got rid of Bismack Biombo. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> a whole lot of other players. They do bring in Gordon Hayward in the trade with Boston. Uh, that's one of their big ones. Uh, obviously, with the number three overall pick, they draft Lamelo Ball. Uh, so they have Lamelo. They have Gordon Hayward. They have um, um, oh man, Gucci Mane look alike. Terry Rozier. Oh, Terry Rozier. Gucci they have Mane Terry Rozier. Yeah, <laughs> the baby. The baby look alike. <laughs> so, uh, how are you feeling about Charlotte? I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I I do get all the reasons, right? I'm I'm a fan of a small market team. I kind of cover now a small market team uh, i definitely understand the the idea of going after a high caliber player uh, who wants to come to your team um and in hayward but i'm just not sure it was the right move for them i like the move for ball and when you have the third overall pick you didn't have to trade up to get him i like taking that pick taking that swing and gamble I'm just not sure that combination of players is really going to work yet again um i am kind of worried for charlotte they're going to be a okay team they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't but when it comes when push comes to shove i just i think their ceiling is eighth seed in the east and i just i don't have them there jacob i probably have them at nine right now um i'm not a huge fan but again they'll probably be a league pass team i'll certainly be watching them yeah i'm with you they they have some talent i don't know how well it fits this i don't think the ceiling is very high with the talent they have uh, especially for this season. Maybe, maybe LaMelo hits, and over the next few years, he develops into a really, really good player. He's not there now. Um, I don't understand overpaying Gordon Hayward. I mean, overpaying Gordon Hayward gets you what? Like you said, max of like a nine, nine seed, right? right. The, the ninth place in the East. 
Uh, I don't think it's and if worth he it. Can't stay healthy. I mean, it's much less, unfortunately. Exactly. And you bought heavily into that contract. I just, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, okay, so where do you have the Hornets at in the East? Oh man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just kind of list out my top eight. I'm gonna go ahead and put them at nine. Okay, you have the Hornets at nine. I have them at eleven. Okay, that and that's fair. I, the I think there's a couple other teams I could be pushing them for that yep. spot. Uh, next team, timer is nice on. Spot. We're going Chicago Bulls, who ended last season the 11th seed in the East, 22 and 43, uh, 33%, 34% win rate. Their projections next season. 29 and a half wins over under Jacob, uh, according to our friends over at betonline.ag. And that is just a one win exactly above the previous team we covered, the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, interesting. Uh, key additions they add Garrett Temple, they add Noah Vonley, uh, they draft Patrick Williams at number I four like overall. That. I like that pick a lot. Yep. Um, maybe more significant is coaching hired, switch. Yep. Got Go. Billy Donovan in there and his staff, a new front office. Uh, they, Mo Cheeks. Yep. They they do lose Chris Dunn. They lose Shaq Harrison. Uh, I don't My think guy they, Shaq. Yeah, I don't think they picked up Denzel Valentine. Uh, oh, no, he did resign. He did resign. I had that wrong. Um, your thoughts on the Chicago Bulls? Well, seriously, that's actually my guy Shaq. I was tax- texting him after all that went down. He is obviously a little down. Uh, hopefully he finds some opportunity here because I think he is a player who, who can contribute. With that being said... Um, I, I really like the head coaching change and and bringing in that. I just I, you could just see when reading the tweets and stuff from people that we're friends with who cover the Bulls, Jacob on our timeline. You could just see there the change in the environment and the culture there. Billy's almost bringing some of that OKC culture with him to Chicago. I think that is going to pay dividends for the young guys that they have on this team. The fact that they did not trade away Wendell Carter Jr. for that second overall pick to the Warriors, I think was a great decision decision on um, on Chicago's part. Um, they didn't really make some huge upgrades or anything this season. I think it's just going to be a fun, positive season for them, uh, developing a new culture and seeing these young guys grow. So over and overall, I'm kind of glad they stood kind of pat outside of their coaching change. And um I, I went ahead and, and had the Charlotte Hornets at 9. Um, I'm going to have to throw the Bulls at 10, but I mean I think those are kind of a toss-up, just like our friends over at Bet Online have them um, only one win apart. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think Chicago has a chance to be good this year. I think they're on the right direction. Patrick Williams is young. It's going to take him some time to develop, but I think you see more out of that front court this year and Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr., I think, Billy Donovan's a perfect coach. Kobe for White Carter takes Jr. a big jump there. Yeah, I think Kobe White's going to take the jump. Zach Levine wants to make the playoffs. You have the Bulls at 10. Uh, I have the Bulls at, where do I have them at? Nine. So we're, we're pretty okay. spot on Fair. with the Bulls. Uh, next team, starting our timer, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ended dead last in the Eastern Conference last season at 19 and 46. It's a 29% win rate. Next season, 21 and a half wins over under according to our friends over at Bet Online. <laughs> so that would be 21 and 51 for the Cavs. Not very good. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they lose <laughs> Tristan like Thompson. Uh, they lose Matthew Delavadova, I think. Didn't he, he leave? No, no he, he, he ended resigned. up resigning. He, yep. he came back. Um, didn't do a whole lot. They signed uh, the the rookie contract for their draft pick, Isaac Okoro, uh, which I do think is a good pick. Uh, they bring in Thon Maker. Uh, obviously, they have um, – um, why can't I remember his name, Taylor? The big man from Detroit. 
pick that they made the trade for. Oh, uh, Andre Drummond. They, they <laughs> brought like, in, <laughs> yeah, they brought in Andre Drummond uh, last season, and uh, he uh, he he took that player option. Picked up that should. player option. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cleveland? There's going to be a dysfunctional mess of talented players who, hopefully, the young guys develop. I really don't have. <laughs> I really don't have a lot to say about them because I really don't care. And that's kind of the point that the Cleveland Cavaliers are at. Seriously. And, and it's really sad. I just um, – they're they're a team that's probably not going to win a lot of games. I kind of like that over-under spot on by Bet Um, I just really hope that some of these veterans that they brought in um, are not going to hinder the growth of some of the young guys that they have. Um, obviously, Kevin Porter Jr. has had some legal issues this, this offseason. He kind of seems like he can't stay out of trouble, and that's kind of uh, you know kind of been his, his reputation that's followed him um, ever since he was younger. I really hope he can break out of that because I think he could be a generational talent. Me and Nick are both very high on Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, you combine him with guys like Colin Sexton, um, uh, Darius Garland's going to actually get to play if he doesn't get hurt again. They have a lot of young talent, but you combine that with guys like Andre Drummond who's just trying to go out there and put up stats and get money it's just it kevin love still there's a lot of work to be done to that roster and i hope the gms can uh can steer this team the right direction definitely i think they have a really good veteran front court that if they can be engaged and healthy they could be good uh, a lot of young guys isaac okoro uh you mentioned the two young guards uh, I think this is a year of building for them. Uh, I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they are kind of headed towards the right track. Uh, where do you have Cleveland ending the season at? <laughs> so again, I just uh, listed out the top eight, so I'm kind of having to go off the top <laughs> you're, here you're for here. these bottom ones. That's right. So I had uh, I had the Hornets at nine, I had Chicago at ten. If we're talking Cleveland. I'm probably talking like uh, let's go ahead and throw them at thirteen. That's where I, I have them at thirteen. Good. Awesome. I have them at thirteen as well. Uh, let's continue talking about the basement dwellers and go to the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Poor uh, Troy Weaver. I yeah. love Troy a lot. I was hoping the Pistons had higher hopes. <laughs> yeah, the Pistons ended this last season 13th in the East, 20 and 46. What are they looking at this year? So our friends at Bet Online has have them at 23 and a half wins, which uh, is probably pretty fair. That's two exact wins over the Cavs. Um. Oh my God! If I have to list everything Detroit did, it is going to take forever. They, they signed, signed a lot of centers. Basically, every center on the market. Uh, they lose Christian Wood. Um, they lose Langston Galloway. They lose Thon Maker or Thon McCurr or however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> they did draft Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, but he went out in a trade, didn't he? Yes, and speaking of trades, oh my god, I'm looking at this list, and I just saw the Wizards at the very bottom of this list because it's alphabetical, and oh my god, where am I going to put them? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> um, they bring in Jeremy Grant, they bring in Mason Plumley. they bring in Josh Jackson. Uh, Taylor, tell me how you feel about the Detroit Pistons. I'm going to be honest, I do not like what Troy Weaver did overall. I actually really liked his draft. I thought he had a solid draft, uh, picking up Killian Hayes and then Sadiq Bey uh, as low as Sadiq Bey went. I thought Troy had a fantastic draft. His free agency is very suspect, and I worry about that a lot. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what does he have planned for Blake Griffin? Is he able to pull some of his former mentors' uh, moves and Sam Presti? Is he able to uh, kind of move around these players on this team and, and kind of is you know get a lot of assets in return like Sam has been able to? Uh, a lot of something out of something else as old Brian Davis used to like to say on the on the uh, the broadcast almost of the podcast um, all that to say I, I, I just, get Brian Davis on the podcast I know I know <laughs> bring him on 
Um, I probably would have to put the Detroit Pistons at. I, we had Cleveland at 13. I'm going to have to put them at 12. I'm just not super high on them. Um, it's going to be a developmental season for some of their young talent and a very strange season with guys like Blake Griffin and Jeremy Grant trying to be a focal point of an offense. I just I don't like it. Yeah, uh, I think he basically hit it on the head. I do like their young guys. I don't know what they were doing in free agency. They were just spending money to spend money. Um, he you know, brings I, in Leangelo Ball today. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere someone said, is he just trying to get on the good side of a lot of agents, maybe? I don't, I don't know what his, his belief is here. You said you're That's putting Detroit at 12. Yep. Uh, I have Detroit at 15th. Ooh, dead last ooh, in the worse than I thought. Okay. Yeah, in the in the East this year. Let's Fair. move on to a more interesting team. Our timer is on. Uh, we're jumping to the Indiana Pacers, who were the fourth seed in the East last year, forty-five and twenty-eight, uh, six sixty-two percent winning percentage. Oh, this is a this is pretty tough. So, Indiana Pacers. Sorry, I'm having to scroll down here. Thirty-nine and a half wins. Bet online has them at. Okay, not bad, not bad. They. Um, their offseason included making a trade with the Thunder, getting rid of TJ Leaf, and bringing in Jalen LeCue. Um, they, I'm looking Thunder through legend Jalen LeCue. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they, bring, they bring back Justin Holiday. Uh, who did they draft? Or did they draft? No, they lost their draft pick to Milwaukee. That's right. Oh, so basically gosh. bringing back the same team. Indiana did not do mm. much in free agency at all. Banking on the development of some of their younger guys and then the health of Victor Oladipo. That's exactly what I was going to say. The health how, how of you, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, so so how do you feel about this team? I mean, the offseason was kind of a failure, right? I mean, I, I, I get the idea of it. To be completely honest with you, um, I think you do probably have to trade one of um, Sabonis or Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner is the correct choice, and I think it's very, very sad that the Celtics did not not only didn't want him, but when they tried to find other teams who may be interested to do like a three-team kind of trade or even flip him further down the road, no other team's really interested. Now, that may be a mistake, and I'm still fairly high on Alice Turner, but not nearly as high as I am on Sabonis. Um, so the fact that you still have those two <laughs> on the roster who don't really fit all that well together, combined with the uncertain health of Victor Aladipo, I'm not very high on the Pacers this, this season, Jacob. Um, I, I think... Honestly, if they could have gotten, um, gotten, uh, wow, I'm going blank, Gordon Hayward <laughs> on a cheaper deal than what he signed with Charlotte, then I think that would have been a, a pretty solid pickup for them. Could have fit very well so long as health plays out for them. But as it sets now, I actually have them at eighth in the East just because I'm giving them kind of the benefit of the doubt considering, like you said, they were fourth last year. Very good. Yeah, they're, they're definitely banking on just health and continuity. Uh, I do like the backcourt of Vic and Malcolm Brogdon. I think if Vic is healthy, that can be a good backcourt. Obviously, love the front court rotation, lacking a little bit in the wing department. Um, Gordon Hayward would have been a massive upgrade. I'm with you. I think Domantas Sabonis is really good. I think he's going to continue to get even better. Um, maybe not as low as you are on this team, um, but I don't think they they move the needle much either way. I have the Pacers at sixth in the East next year. Uh, okay. Let's move on to the team that represented the East in the finals. <laughs> this the is Miami going to be Heat. fun because I can yeah. kind of I can see on our Google Doc how this is playing out. I'm going to have them much higher than you have them ranked. Oh, I'm ready. Um, the Heat ended 44 and 29 last season, sixty uh, percent win percentage. Uh, obviously, make the run to the Eastern Conference Finals and then to the NBA Finals in the bubble. Where are they projected next year? So they are currently projected at uh 43 and a half wins 
Okay, 43 and a half out of 72. So that'd be 43 and 19, 43 and 29, 43 and 29. That's right. 43 and 29. I don't teach math. Um, <laughs> they lose uh, Derek Jones Jr. They lose Jay Crowder. Uh, they do bring back Goran Dragic. Uh, they lost Solomon Hill. They brought back Myers Leonard, uh, Udonis Haslam. Uh, they signed Bradley Bill. Or sorry, Bradley Bill. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Breaking, uh, not Bradley Bill, uh, Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley, there you go. A little bit <laughs> there different is. there, buddy. Uh, Slightly, they, they played play the same position. You know. uh, Mo Harkless, <laughs> uh, they draft Precious Achua. Um, I like that pick. Yep, so so how do you feel about they the— They extended Bam Adebayo. Yes, that's a big one as well. How do you feel about the returning Eastern Conference champs? I like them a lot, Jacob. Uh, I like them as a regular season team. I'm not sold on them as a postseason team. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people, I think, uh, a lot of executives who have, uh, you know, kind of put it out to reporters that maybe the whole bubble thing was not quite as realistic as a normal playoff setting would have been. Uh, Maybe a team like the Heat wouldn't have gone so far. I think that's fair. Um, I don't necessarily see them going away to the, going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals next year, but I kind of see them being like a team like the Bucks last season who just were a solid regular season team but they struggled come playoff time now granted it was a very different playoffs i just quoted i just noted that earlier i have the heat at two in the east jacob i think they're going to be a very good regular season team i think they have continuity like like you talked about um they have the synergy uh they already have that chemistry built and i i think they're gonna be a really good regular season team but when it comes down to it i wouldn't be surprised that they're uh you know they're out in the second round in the playoffs i um I think the losses of Jay Crowder specifically are pretty significant for them. I think Jay played True. a really big role. Uh, Drogic continues to get older. Uh, Solomon Hill was good for them. Uh, I almost have the opposite view of you. I don't think I don't know if they're going to be a great regular season team. I think they could make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. Have I have them back at five. The same, I had them at the same point that I had them last year. Ah, five. there it is. I, I guessed have them at it. Five. Uh, let's move on to the number one seed last year in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks. End of the year, fifty-six and seventeen, a seventy-seven percent win rate. Uh, what does Bet Online have them at for this next year? They have Milwaukee at fifty and a half wins. They're uh, expecting them again. That's all seventy-two games, like you've been mentioning. Uh, they have them at first in the East. Okay, very good. So. Uh, they bring back Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton. There we go. They add a lot of people: Bren Forbes, Bobby Portis, Tory Craig, DJ Augustine. Uh, they signed Justin Patton to a camp deal. Uh, obviously, the biggest one, Drew Holiday. Um, they lose Wes Matthews. They lose Robin Lopez. Um, I don't think they've brought back Marvin Williams or Kyle Korver. Um, Ersan Ilyasova gone. Um, uh, Eric Bledsoe gone. So they've lost. They signed. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just gonna say they, they've lost a handful of um, of their vets from last year, uh, but bringing in what I think is a lot of depth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Bobby Portis is huge. Um, yeah, obviously, the, the Bogdanovich thing is going to be uh, quite a thing that overlooks this entire season, as well as the Giannis extension over the next couple of weeks if he signs it or not. Um, but with that being said, I thought, you know, why they, I, I kind of had them classified as a eh for the offseason because they kind of were a loser in the sense of the whole Bogdanovich just fiasco, just absolute disaster, uh, especially when you have your, your superstar and Giannis as, you know, future face of the franchise uh, about to sign a mass. Uh, massive extension uh, or super max 
and then you go and do a mistake like that, I think that's a pretty bad look. However, they rebounded pretty well, and I really like some of their offseason additions. So um, I just kind of see them being, especially with Drew Holiday there, I think it's going to be a really fun team, um, even though they kind of lost some of that chemistry, like I've been talking about with these last couple of teams. I think they still, I think Giannis will still be playing at a high level. I had them at first in the East, Jacob. I think they're going to continue that. I worry about their ability to get to the Eastern Conference finals which we will talk about in future podcasts but overall uh, I, I really like what they did I think the way they were able to fit around Giannis uh, I think the biggest issue is what I just mentioned were they able to find a way to boost that team to the finals even the Easter Conference finals I'm not entirely sure they did even if they're the best team in the Easter Conference this next coming season uh, interesting season. I think adding Drew Holiday is massive uh, I think Drew is a great 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 player um, that raises their ceiling. We saw last year in the playoffs, they played guys maybe not enough, their stars. True. Uh, I, think you, I think you added more high-level talent that you can play longer minutes in the playoffs and win. Uh, I have Milwaukee number one in the East as well. Um, few interesting ones to finish us out. We got five <laughs> teams left, so let's go pretty quick here. Two and a half minutes for, I don't even know if we need two and a half minutes for this next team. <laughs> we don't. The New York Knickerbockers, 21 and 45 last season for 12th in the East. They had a 32% win rate. What is their projection for this year? Bet Online has them at 22 and a half. Uh, all these are in a half, but uh, 22 and a half yep. for New York Knicks. Uh, they lose Bobby Portis. Um, they lose Mo Harkless. Uh, Taj Gibson has not come back. Wayne Ellington is out. Um, they do bring in uh, Emmanuel quickly. They drafted. Uh, they signed Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They signed Nerlens Noel. Uh, they draft Obi Toppin. Uh, they bring in Alec Burks. Uh, they get Austin Rivers. Um, they uh, Omari Spellman, Ed Davis. They made some moves where they acquired some second round picks. Um, really did some anti-Knicks things, which was right. they had a lot yeah. of money, and they didn't just try to go waste it all on pointless stuff. How do you or feel about tr- the Knicks? trade up to get a, a uh, LaMelo ball. Um, I kind of like what Leon Rose has been doing. Uh, like you said, it's actually pretty smart basketball, uh, pretty smart basketball decisions. Playing the long game. They're very much playing the long game. I think that's important, especially when you have a player like R.J. Barrett, uh, another player like Mitchell Robinson. You're still trying to see what these guys can develop into. Now they do have, again, like you said, a mix of talent on this team. I think the important part for the Knicks is not to lose focus of the future and try and focus on continuing to develop the young talent that they have, uh, the elite talent, uh, potentially elite talent in R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, and even Obi Toppin. Uh, I really like that pick for them. I think Obi could be really important for them this coming season. Um, I, I kind of like what they're doing. I really do. I think they have a pretty decent future compared to the very bleak decade, past decade that they really have had. So uh, I'm all in. Um, if I had to pick, uh, gosh, I don't even have this all listed out now, so this is going to be tough. Maybe like 14? Okay. I have them at 14 as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they're playing the long game. I have the Cavs I, at 13, I'm so yeah. I'm happy for them that they're doing that. Uh, that. I think that's a more sustainable build for them. Uh, guys like R.J. Barrett are going to be fun to watch this year. Uh, they're not going to be a good team, uh, but they're positioning themselves to acquire assets and to keep building forward, and I think that's what they need. Um, not going to be a great season for them. You don't expect it to be a great season for them. It needs to be a season of growth and asset management, and I think that's what they're looking towards. Um, so we both have them at 14. Next team uh, is an interesting one. I think we're going to be a little bit different on this team, maybe. The Orlando Magic. Uh, they were the eighth seed last year. Uh, 
33 and 40 for a 45% win rate. What are they going to do this year? So, Bet Online has them at 31 and a half wins. 31 and a half. Okay, so uh so that's seven more than they have OKC by the way, nice. which is interesting. Nice. Um they lose um DJ Augustine. Uh they bring back Michael Carter Williams. Um, they bring back James Ennis. They signed Dwayne Bacon. They signed Gary Clark. Uh, they drafted Cole Anthony. Um, looking through here, they lose Wes Awundu. Uh, that's really it. It looks like they're really going to be leaning on uh, some of their veterans. Their um, uh, they, uh, obviously they are not going to have um, Jonathan Isaac to start the season. He is injured. He's probably not going to play most of the season. Uh, you do still have guys like Aaron Gordon, who uh, somehow is still 25 years old. Around. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know, I think they're putting a lot on uh, Markel Fultz this year, uh, hoping he can really make the jump. Where do you have uh, or the Orlando Magic? What do you see in them this year? I mean, I'm looking right now, and just, again, I, I've been doing these bottom teams off the top of my head because I have my one through eight actually listed out. Um, unfortunately, due to the list I have, like at the Google block, I'm probably going to have to put the Magic at 12, which honestly is probably pretty fair, like you said, given the talent they still have on their roster. But I see guys like, you said, Aaron Gordon and Vucevic and so many others, I think that... Evan Fournier. Uh, Evan Fournier, who are very... Honestly, if the Orlando Magic are smart... They'll trade those guys away at the trade deadline, get assets, and continue to build around a young team. Um, they have that kid from Auburn. Uh, I'm going to go blank now. Timo Okiki. Uh, Okiki. That's right. I almost said o- yeah. Like, Okiki. Um, if he's healthy, I think he could, it, it'd be really fun to see what he could develop into. Um, but when it comes down to it, I'm still not super impressed with this team, especially as the East has gotten more competitive. Yeah, they're kind of the definition of mediocrity. Um, I'm with you. I think it's time that they move off from some of these guys and capitalize and get what they can for them. Um, Guys like Evan Fournier, who's in the last year of his deal. uh, Maybe you ship out Vooch. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know what bigs they have behind Vooch. Uh, Mo Bamba, Bamba. who got got COVID back in the summer, is still not ready to play. Which is scary. It's absolutely terrifying. Thoughts out to Mo Bamba. There goes our timer. Uh, I also have Orlando at 12. Okay. Uh, so we're on the same page there. Next team I'm super oh, excited to talk man. about, the Philadelphia 76ers, 6th in the East last year, 43 and 30. That's a 59% win rate. Where are they projected this year? So the Philadelphia 76ers are projected at 43 and a half wins according to Bet Online. Okay, so 43 and 29-ish is where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring in Ryan Brokoff. Uh, they bring in Justin Anderson. Uh, they got rid of Zaire Smith. I'm looking all through this list. They bring in Dwight I was say, Howard. Those are the ones you start with. <laughs> yeah, they bring in Dwight Howard, um, Seth Curry, Seth Curry, uh, and they made the Seth Curry trade. They uh, they make the they bring in Danny Green. Um, yeah. They lose Al Horford. Uh, really, Daryl Morey is trying to build this team around Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and shooters. Uh, and I, for one, am here for it. What do you think about Philly coming into this next year? I am too, Jacob. And I'm probably a little too bold here. Um, after we talked about the Celtics earlier, I switched the Celtics and the 76ers. I actually had the Celtics at this position. Uh, I switched them before we started talking. But I have the 76ers at 
third overall in the East. Nice. I am very high on the development of uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think they're going to have a much better season together, pending health. I love what Daryl Morey has been doing with the roster to maximize their talents around them. He's one of the smartest GMs in the league, next to Sam Presti, I think, who can really maximize that roster. And I don't think he's done, uh, as we know with Morey, I don't think he's done with this roster either. He's going to continue to build and, and switch around pieces throughout the season up until the trade deadline. Um, I really like the 76ers here. I think they're going to be a really fun team. I don't see them being, you know, last year we, you and I both, I think, had them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't see that happening necessarily this year, but I think they're going to have a really good shot. Uh, I think they're going to have a much more positive outlook this season than they did the previous one. I agree. I think getting Doc Rivers in there is good. They're going to run Doc, a lot more. That's a great point. Yeah, a lot great more point. pick and roll. Uh, I do believe in Ben Simmons. I do believe in Joel Embiid. Uh, they're going to have to uh, change up their games a little bit. I love surrounding them with shooters. I think that's the right way to go. Uh, I just think there's going to be a little bit of a culture shift there, and that's kind of what they need. Um, I have Philly at five. Well, Oh, at five. Okay. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I have them at four. Sorry. Four. I, that wrong. <laughs> I have, I have Philly at four. Um, Curious, you have a five. So, next team, we got two more left. The Toronto Raptors. Last season, the second seed in the East. Uh, 53 wins, 19 losses. That was good for a 74% win rate, which is really freaking good. Where are they at this year? They are at. Sorry, let me scroll. Oh, wait, we don't have them on bet on. Oh, wait, here are they. Sorry. They're under Toronto. Uh, 43 and a half wins. 43 so they are and a half. tied with the 76ers. Okay, there you go. Uh, they add Malachi Flynn in the draft. Um, they bring in Alex Len, uh, DeAndre Bembry, uh, Aaron Baines. They get an extension with Fred Van Vliet. They do lose Mark Gasol. Um, they lose Serge Ibaka. They lose Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, some of their vets are gone. Um, they, they retained some of their vets, and they added some interesting pieces as well. Where do you have the Toronto Raptors? So I have the Raptors at six. Um, I think they're just a solid team. Uh, even, I mean, look, losing players like Serge Ibaka and Marcus Sol are going to be pretty big for them. That's going to hurt. But I kind of like the idea of giving Fred Van Fleet a bigger role. Um, and we'll see what Seahawk can really live up to. He kind of struggled last season, especially towards the end. Um, after having a fantastic season the, the year before. And I want to say a pretty good season, uh, the first part of the season last year. I'm curious to see how he's able to elevate his game. I think they're really trusting him, obviously, a lot here. But I do like how they're able to supplement uh, the loss of Marcus Soul and Surge. We'll see what they're capable of. They aren't going to be nearly as good as this past season, but I think they still have a, a just the culture that they have, like we mentioned a lot with the Thunder, uh, the players that they're able to keep, the development of some of their young guys like Van Vliet and Siakam. I have them at six overall in the East. Okay, nice. I have them at seven. Um, again, I think they lost some vets. Uh, they lost some front court depth, which is going to be a little bit challenging for them. Um, I do believe in Nick Nurse. I think he's really good. Dropping from two to seven is is a pretty big drop. I don't know if that's going to go that far, but that's just kind of where they fell in my hierarchy here. Um, still an interesting team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, they, they gave Van Vliet that big extension. Kyle Lowry is kind of the heart and soul of that team. He is on an expiring contract and older. Do they ride out with him? and keep him around, or do they try to find a trade home for him? That's going to be fascinating True. to me. Uh, but I have them at seven. Our last team, we started the podcast with them. We'll end the podcast <sighs> with them. The Washington Wizards, who ended as the ninth seed last season, 25-47, and 47, a 35% win rate. 
where they project, I, I guess it's probably changed pretty significantly and it might not even be up right now. Well, so Bet Online doesn't have them up, um, but the uh, Oddshark had them at 28.5 prior to this trade. I'm going to refresh. Sorry, I'm the one burping now. It's gross. <laughs> um, I'm going to refresh this and see if we can find anything while you talk. But as of now, 28.5 is the only thing I'm finding. That was prior to the rest trade. All right. Well, they add in, uh, they, they extended Davis Bertans. Um, they bring in Robin Lopez. Uh, who's their draft pick? Washington with a Denny. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Oh, why did I forget your Denny? beloved Denny? Oh my God! I apologize, King. They bring in Denny Avdia. Uh, lose John Wall. Bring in Russell Westbrook. Uh, we don't have updated odds for them right now. That's okay. How do you feel about this team now after this trade? We talked a little bit about it, but but give me a little bit more. I like them, and again, I just like was going through this list and uh, kind of forgot about the whole Russell Westbrook trade. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is absolutely a team. If it works, I can knock off one of these things that we mentioned, like the uh, Raptors, the Hawks, the Pacers. Um, I can see them sneaking into that top eight, uh, especially with the play-in uh, format that the league is implementing this season. I kind of like the fit just off the top of my head of Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, uh, considering that Russ can stay healthy and kind of plays like he did last season. I think him and Bradley Bill could be a lot of fun. And then you have guys like Rui, Ru- uh, gosh, Rui Hachimura. Hachimura. And, um, you know, you bring Thomas in Thomas Bryant. You have Thomas Bryant, right. Thomas Bryant is a young big, a young promising big. He struggled with some injuries last season. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, I think they're a fun team, and I, I'm really kind of curious to see what they are able to do. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the team who's looking to kind of make some moves at the deadline to, if everything is going well, to build around guys like Russ and uh, Bradley Bill. And uh, and hopefully see Denny kind of take a, a, a big development step throughout the season. Nice. Right, so where do you have him at? Ooh, What's the boy. one spot you have left? That that's what I was just looking. At. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be. Oh, I had the Bulls at ten. Oh boy. Um, I think eleven is the one I have left. Okay. Looks I like. have I have him at eight. Um, I was going to say, I get, with the Russ trade, I didn't really factor that in. So, yeah. Russ and Beal <laughs> with shooters. I love it. My I, I think it's going to fit. Uh, I think they're going to make a push for the that Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, I so, like that a lot. And yeah. Scott Brooks, and Russ, something we didn't talk about at the top of the podcast. I know we're going a little long here, but Scott Brooks and Russell Westbrook being, re, being reunited. Um, there were some hints at this. And it feels so good. <laughs> That wasn't even a sounder. That was fantastic. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I I am really excited to to see uh, Scott back with Russ, and it seemed like Scott was pretty excited based off the the limited comments we've seen so far and the uh, the statement that the Wizards put out from Scott and their GM Shepard. So definitely. Um, so recap real fast, Taylor. Run us through your Eastern Conference playoff teams one through eight. Okay, so one through eight, I have one the Bucks, two the Heat, three the Seventy Sixers. Four the Nets, five the Celtics, six the Raptors, seven the Hawks, eight the Pacers. Um, I'm already regretting this list a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> All right, mine is Bucks, number one, Nets, Boston Celtics, 76ers, Heat, the Indiana Pacers, Toronto Raptors, and rounding out my top eight, the Washington Wizards. Uh, we have gone a little late this one on this one. Uh, I hope our listeners don't mind. Uh, we, but this was fun. We're gonna do this, this again. Is a lot of fun. We're going to do this again next week with the Western Conference teams and then leading up to the season, we will do a massive Thunder preview. Um, but with that being said, we will get out of here. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Uncontested Podcast. 
we appreciate you guys so, so much. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, this is all possible because of our listeners. So thank you guys so much. Uh, please stay safe, stay healthy, wear your masks. We're almost out of the woods on this thing. The vaccine is on the way, but we don't want any more bad news about COVID. So just take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. Uh, We will be back with you Sunday night with our live stream show at 9 p.m. So make sure you tune in on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Check it out. If you miss it, we will also be putting it up in podcast form as well. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested for more stuff from Thunder Media Availability as the week goes on. We're about nine days away from our first preseason game, guys. It's almost here. Stay tuned, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we will talk to you soon. Thunder up. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.